0: A, a huge loss for um,
1: the NFL, professional football. Uh, John, you know, it's just a just a tremendous person um, to be around. You know, we think we all probably set out to uh, um, you know try to try to have a good good professional career, and um, John John had about five of them. Um, you know, he's. Set the kind of, you know, set the standard for coaching in his area I mean they had the best record and best teams and championships and all that I think that's why it was so so well respected is because his, his um, motivation I think was for the game and for the fans and for the entertainment and the safety and all the things that are right about football. Um, that's what he stood for. He was a Hall of Fame coach and then all the other stuff that came on top of it it's, you know what a man what a career.
2: Patriots coach Bill Belichick from earlier today with some of his thoughts on John Madden. He spoke at length as his introductory remark was ever asked. Uh, Several questions after that about John Madden. We'll be talking plenty about John Madden over the course of the next hour. It's the dominant topic in the NFL, as it should be. Joining me for this Wednesday edition of PFTPM, Miles Simmons is back. Miles, happy holidays again. Welcome back again. How are you again?
3: Uh, you know, I'm doing well, Mike. Thank you very much. Happy holidays to you as well. Last show of 2021 for me. So, you know, at the end of this, I guess I'll see you next year.
2: Yeah, that's right. No show for us on Friday afternoon. We will do a mm-hmm. PFT live on Friday morning. We'll have PFTPM tomorrow afternoon with Chris Sims Unbuttoned, the Joint Mega Picks podcast. But this is the last back and forth for PFTPM that we'll have. So let me be among the first to wish you, yeah, you a happy new year, Miles Simmons. Uh, Back to John Madden. And look, it, it's its it been an emotional day for football fans throughout the world, really. I've heard from folks all across the country with their memories of John Madden, people who never met him, who never aspired to meet him, who never had an opportunity to meet him, but they felt like they knew him because he came into their homes every Sunday for every big game for more than a generation. And on top of that, for 30 years now, he has been The the face, the voice, the name of the dominant NFL video game. And that counts for something, especially since that will continue indefinitely. There's no one that can stake a claim to past, present, future like John Madden. In any sport, in any walk of life, in anything that we do, think about the impact that John Madden has had on football. And that he will continue to have, because as long as the sport is played, Miles, there will be the latest iteration of the Madden game. And it will just continue and continue and continue until the NFL goes away or the planet ceases to exist. And I'm not exaggerating. That's how long this game is going to be around. That's how long that name is going to be front and center for generations upon generations of kids.
3: Yeah, and it's it's funny because you know for people my age or younger you know everybody knows pat summerall and john madden but you know being 30 years old my football consciousness doesn't really start until you know 1999 ish and by the time i really understood who was oh yeah you're welcome i wasn't even doing that mike you know or i'm calling you old right this time this time yes exactly But I I think, you know, when my football consciousness of John Madden really started to come about when he was doing Monday night football with Al Michaels, and then, of course, he's on our network in BC doing Sunday night football, so... It's really interesting because you have the broadcaster and then you have the video game guy. And frankly, that's how I got to know so much of the games by playing med. I didn't start playing football until I was in high school, but I knew what a sweep was, what a power run was, what cover two, cover three. I knew what all those things were because of the video game. All right. And then I got to give credit to my mom because. It's not just that I knew John Madden was those things, but I also knew that he was a Hall of Fame caliber coach and then a Hall of Fame coach once he got inducted in 06 because she taught me that. And so I think that you're right. You know, there's nothing and there's no one that can can take a a stake in this sport and has a claim on this sport like this man does. You know, it's really, really awesome to me, too, that he was able to understand and see the impact he had on so many different people um, through that all Madden documentary that aired on Fox and I believe now is available on Peacock. So if you haven't seen that, definitely check it out because it really is impactful and shows just how much of an impact he had on so many different people in this game.
2: Wow. Well done. Well done with the gratuitous and seamless plug, but the Madden documentary is available on Peacock. I watched it this morning as soon as PFT live was over. It was awesome. It was incredible. I'll watch it again. And, and travel down the wormhole on YouTube of the old NFL games with John Madden and Pat Summerall. They became the quintessential broadcast pairing. When I was a kid, it was Pat Summerall and Tom Brookshire, and then it kind of worked its way through. And there's a portion of the documentary that gets into how they tried to find the right fit For John Madden as he was breaking into broadcasting, even though he was this great Super Bowl winning coach, they they wanted to find the right spot for him. And I think it became obvious very quickly that this guy was special. He was so different from the other Keller commentators. They didn't know what they had once they understood what they had. Then off they went. And by the way, something occurred to me, and I mean this as a compliment to your mother and as an insult to you, kind of. I think I would like your mom more than I like you. Oh, I think I already do. like your mom more okay. than I like you.
3: <laughs> yeah, Probably. That's I mean, yeah. I don't think that's not, that's not really a surprise. Most people when they when they meet her, yeah, they they figure that out pretty quick. But yeah, I that, that's not the, that's not something I haven't heard before, Mike.
2: Um and you know, I when I was a kid and and let me just let me just indulge me, Miles, cuz cuz you won't be sure. able to relate to this. When I was a kid, I loved playing video games. I was an early adopter with video games. And back in the 70s, like, if you were into video games, there was something wrong with you because you were supposed to go out and run around and enjoy life. And it's like, these things are pretty cool. Like, I've got very few options as to what I can do circa 1978. It's watch three TV channels. It's go outside and play, which we did plenty unsupervised. And, And no one knew where you were. It was a different world. Trust me, things they would they would lock parents up for now, were commonplace back then. Uh, Board games, which got old very quickly. Electric football, which got very old very quickly because you spent all your time setting up the plays and then little spurts watching them run in circles. Once the video games became a thing, I understood that, number one, they were fun. Number two, they were going to keep getting better and better and better and better. And I suffered through some crap football video games. I had this lifelong quest to find the perfect football video game the, I mean the Atari original 2600 system it was the three flashing square things that were supposed to be football players there was the old Intellivision game which had the center and the nose tackle that never moved and it was this long scrolling field that if they did it to scale it would have been a thousand yards long and 30 yards wide I mean there were some bad video games but it was all we had and so as Madden came along and he insisted on 11 on 11 They were talking about how hard it was going to be on 8-bit machines to create uh, the football experience, and they were suggesting removing the guards and the tackles, and he was like, no, I'm not doing this unless it's 11-on-11 football. He insisted that it be a simulation of what the game really is, and that laid the foundation for them to continue to push that it gets better and better and better, and people complain that it never changes from year to year. How much better can it get? It's 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 real football. You learn football strategy. You learn clock management. You learn everything about the game. It can only get so much better to the human eye. It's I mean, what can it do other than become three dimensional and play out in your living room? It is incredible. And uh, like I said, it's always it's always going to be around from generation to generation and i i'd be stunned if they ever even have a conversation about changing the name 100 years from now because there's going to be that loyalty and there's going to be the meaning and there's going to be the purpose and it's just always going to be part of and that's great that's the best possible outcome he will always be part of football as long as there is football
3: yeah, yeah, you're right. And it, it's funny, too, because you know, you think about some of these documentaries and some of these clips that are floating around, and I can't remember exactly who said it and what clip it was, but there was somebody who was talking about the video game, right? And it's not, you, you, so you don't say, oh, I'm going to go play football on uh, Xbox. I'm going to go, you know, do blah, blah, blah. You say, I'm going to go play Madden. Or, you know, you go to your college and you know, you're you're trying to get to know people, you know, in your dorm. And what do you do? You say, hey, Wanna go play the game of Madden right now? That's really what this is, right? That's what this means. And so that's not going to drop out of the lexicon for anybody, right? It's always gonna be, hey man, you wanna go play Madden? You know, people now, people my age, you know, you wanna you wanna go play Madden. Hey man, you know, you you're in Kansas City. And yet we can go and we can play Madden and we can still talk like we're in college, just like we used to because of the way things work online now. It's, it's one of these things that not just keeps you connected to the game, but it connects you to other people and you know, brings you back to times before and you know, those happy memories that you have. So I think that's an awesome part of it.
2: I play it an hour a day every day. I ride my exercise bike and I play Madden to get through the hour. There's nothing else yeah, I can really? do that gets me through an hour of exercise. And it's so it's an acquired skill. It takes some time. It takes some effort. But I get a full workout and I don't constantly watch the clock. Don't constantly when's it going to be over? You get caught up in playing Madden. And the next thing you know, the hour's over. And sometimes I'll go longer than an hour because I'm in the middle of playing a game and I'm having a good time and you just forget about do it. Do you but play online you do have...
3: or do you play the computer? And what level do you play it at? I'm very curious about this now.
2: Well, first of all, don't don't challenge me because I feel like that's where it's oh, heading. No, 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 no. I, no, I do ultimate no, 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 no. team.
3: I'll lose. I'll lose. No. I, I am I... awful at it. At this point, I, I am so bad. Like when I was growing up, i I'd play it on computer and I would just play, you know, the computer. I play video games to relax. I do it to win. Like, I want a little bit of strategy to have to be in it, but, I, like, I don't – if I'm playing anything else, like, if I play my friends, they beat the crap out of me. I, 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 so it's not going to be a challenge. I'm just curious as to your playing habits.
2: I, I start with the ultimate team when the new game comes out, and I discovered the ultimate team four or five years ago, and mm-hmm. you, you, you have this smattering of slappies Who are rated 59, 60, 61, and they have different tasks, and you have different goals, and you get coins, and they're constantly trying to get you to fork over a little extra money, money. Mm -hmm. but I never do that, I am way too cheap, anyone who knows me knows I am too cheap, even if it's 50 cents, I'm not going to start down that path, I earn it through achievements you get your coins you get your packs you get your little thing and it's fun you get a little dopamine rush it's 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 kind of like opening a pack of football cards when you're a kid you get a pack and they 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 pop up on the screen one at a time and you're trying to get the best possible players and your team keeps getting better and better my team's currently a 90 on offense 91 on defense your team keeps getting better and better it gets to a 99 and then it all resets with the next version of the game, which is a little frustrating at first, but you just do it all over again. And it, you're constantly climbing the mountain and you go back down. So along the way, I'll play some games online, but there's like this time of year, they do a zero chill promotion where every day there's a new set of challenges and you make your team better and, and then you go try it out and you potentially get your butt kicked. And there may be somebody who's talking crap, so you mute them. And I I, ne- I, I don't, I hate that. I hate I hate hearing anyone. I hate talking to anybody when I'm playing. I just want to play. So that's it. That's me. And that's Madden. And Madden's been part of my life for 30 years. And it will be as long as I can climb on that bike and keep pedaling. That's my way to get through that hour. So, um, you know, we, we suggested earlier today that there be some permanent recognition by the NFL of John Madden. He's already kind of got it through the video game. But that, that doesn't give the NFL an out. I think that makes it even more urgent that they find a way to create the proper tribute. It can't be something small. It's got to be something big. It's got to be named Madden. And it's got to be permanent. And, I mean, the Lombardi Trophy would be perfect, but they're not going to take away. I mean, the Lombardi Trophy, that's a, you know, but that's, it's got to be that iconic. Whatever they slap John Madden's name on has to become something that will always be that and it'll be a great compliment to the fact that his name's always going to be on the video game.
3: Well, I, you know, the, some, there was some suggestion that I think I saw on Twitter earlier, or something maybe, that it, instead of calling it an all pro team, call it the all Madden team. And so you're kind of harkening back to what he used to do with himself and saying, like, hey, these are all the guys that I thought were the best and they play, you know, the way that I love to watch play. So that's one thing. I mean, whether it's, you know, the you're naming the coach of the year after him, although I think you said in the text chain like that should be reserved for Bill Belichick, and frankly, I I kind of agree with you on that. MVP, if is it the John Madden MVP Award? There there's some sort of way to memorialize him and make it right, you know, because he really should have his name somewhere that means something really really so much for the NFL. It could be like the John Madden Super Bowl game as well or something of that nature. Like you said, it's got to be big.
2: I think the idea of calling the All-Pro team the All-Madden team is perfect, but it's not enough. And, and maybe it's a combination. Maybe at the end of the day, you call the All-Pro team the All-Madden team and you call the Pro Football Hall of Fame the John Madden Pro Football Hall of Fame, right? I, I, I Short of calling the Super Bowl the John Madden Super Bowl, which I would be fine with, I could get behind that. I just think that is such a sacred term for the NFL. They don't want to do anything to that term. Hell, I'd, I'd be fine with calling it the Madden Football League, frankly. I mean, national, who cares? Or, or making the, remake the shield in the image of John Madden. But I think a combination of something like the All Madden team and the John Madden Pro Football Hall of Fame. You want to give the, the Hall of Fame some cachet? Put his name yeah. on it. If his family's yeah. okay with it, that's the ultimate permanent honor. And he's the guy that, that coined the idea that the bus talked to each other tonight and it's this magical thing. It's a magical place or it's supposed to be. You want to make it a little more magical? You call it the John Madden Pro Football Hall of Fame fame
3: That's exactly what I was going to bring up. You know what he said in his speech about the bus talking to each other every night once the last person locks the door. I I, I think that that really would be a good honor for him. You know we've had to have that building down in Canton, Ohio named the John Madden Pro Football Hall of Fame. I, I think that would be a fitting tribute.
2: Uh, another thing that that isn't widely known about John Madden, we're aware of his exploits as a coach, as a broadcaster, as the video game mogul. But after he retired from NBC following Super Bowl 43, he became very active in the push for player safety. We wrote something about it earlier today. He was the first chair of the coaches' subcommittee to the competition committee, which was involved in recommending rule changes to the competition committee, and a lot of it came from safety. He was adamant about getting players who may be concussed off the field. He was livid at times when there were lapses. The case Keenum situation from 2015 when he was playing for the rams in baltimore and it was clear he had no business being anywhere near the field yeah. that was, was john that well. madden john madden was beside himself over that the year yeah. b- the year before jaleel died the chargers on a thursday night game yeah. got back in when he shouldn't have been there was a quote that that we got from a source in the middle of all of it where Madden's attitude was if these people who are responsible for protecting these guys can't do it we got to find different people to do it because it's too important here's some John Madden from a game in 1993 I think it was the playoff game in the 1993 season between the Vikings and the Giants Jim McMahon had apparently suffered a concussion and this was 16 years before the NFL woke up to concussions here's John Madden with his comments on how players should be handled when they suffered head injuries during games
1: i think if a guy has had a concussion or has a concussion he shouldn't play anymore i i don't agree with with that i mean they always talk about boxing and boxing being archaic but if a boxer a fighter gets knocked out he can't fight for another month and sometimes in football we say oh the guy has a slight concussion he'll be right back in i don't know that i ever agreed with that
2: you know i i wish that that those words would have been heated a little more strongly. That was about the same time. It was the next year that the mild traumatic brain injury committee was formed. And there's reporting, there's factual evidence to back up the idea that the committee spent a lot of time trying to downplay, to delay the reckoning because they knew that there were certain Mm -hmm. risks that were inherent to the game that you could not iron out of the game. And that's what John Madden was trying to push for ways to reduce unnecessary risks unnecessary head trauma and ensure that when head trauma is suffered as an unavoidable aspect of the game the player is properly protected it was his idea along with Ronnie Lott the Hall of Fame safety to implement the medical timeout that empowers officials to say stop the game we have to take a look at this player and we have to get him out of the action if there's any chance that he has a concussion so uh, and even to the point where John Madden suggested Miles at one point that the game may eventually have to get rid of the three-point stance and go with a two-point stance which would fundamentally alter the way the game looks but it would be the offensive lineman just kind of crouched over a little bit without a hand on the ground and the defensive lineman doing the same thing to eliminate the firing off of the ball where the heads collide and you necessarily have subconcussive brain trauma that doesn't knock a guy out but that over the period of a career or a season or a month is going to potentially accumulate into something that can cause a problem later in life.
3: Right. And I I think that that is one of the things that, I mean, I guess I knew that maybe because of how close I am in following the sport, but I don't know that enough people really knew how staunch of an advocate Madden was for player safety. And it's one of those things where I really think that people need to know this. Because if you're talking about somebody who was a former alignment, somebody who looked at the game from that perspective, basically from the inside out, and then they're saying, hey, like, you know, this is maybe something that we need to do in terms of a limit three point stances just to make sure that guys are as safe and as protected as possible. That to me tells you just how much John Madden had player safety on his mind, where it's not just, you know, aesthetically like, Oh, well, it's not going to be the same game as it was when I coached. And that's not great. Like, no, no, no. It's all about player safety and also keeping the game in a way where guys can continue to play it for not just, you know, five years, but 10 years and all the way down the line. And I think that that's something that really, really should be praised um, when it comes to John Madden and his NFL legacy.
2: And he recognized that there was a clear overlap between the best interests of the game and the best interests of those who play the game, that there's, there's been a hesitation and, This dates back to the Mild Traumatic Brain Injury Committee, a hesitation to fully and completely embrace player safety because of what it could do to change the game, to dilute the game, to undermine and reduce interest in the game. And frankly, when you look back and those games on YouTube, the the hits that were taken were brutal and they didn't even prompt a reaction from the announcers it was just the way the game was played then we have seen an evolution that borders on revolution of the safety aspects becoming more and more prevalent in the game and people are still as interested in the NFL as they've ever been and we can try to make it even safer and that's something that John Madden was trying to do and that's a fitting way to honor his legacy let's not just shrug our shoulders and get complacent that the game is as safe as it's ever going to be there are ways to make it safer and the nfl has been striving year after year with the urging of john madden to make it as safe as it could be i I was told that he still recently would be constantly getting in touch with the league office asking for different plays to be fooled so he pulled so he could study aspects of the play looking for different angles and ideas to make the game safer and and he was unpaid as an advisor to the NFL for more than a decade, this was just something that he wanted to do. So he gave so much to the sport and I know the sport gave much back to him during his lifetime, but, but now's the time. And, And, and I hope the NFL will do the right thing here. Now's the time to find the appropriate fitting tribute for John Madden. That will be as permanent as the Lombardi trophy as permanent as anything else out there that bears someone's name. It needs to be big. It needs to be forever. And, and it's, it's kind of like, we'll know, we'll know it. And it could be naming the hall of fame after him. Like I said, I'm fine with that. It could be something else. Maybe they have some other idea that we're incapable of thinking of. And that's entirely possible. It's a low bar from the idea generation standpoint, at least when I'm involved. So, so I I just, I hope they'll do it and I hope it'll be right. And it'll feel like, you know, this is, this is the, the, the fair and proper thing to do to ensure that, that he'll be remembered for as long as they play football.
3: I agree, Mike. And I, I think that they'll figure that out because I think there are so many people who care about John Madden and who care about his legacy. And not just, you know, from the coaching standpoint or from a former player or current player standpoint, but also in the league office, right? Like the, I think everybody has a really, really good idea of what John Madden means to pro football. And so I, I do believe that I'll figure it out and they'll find a really good way to pay tribute to to somebody who is as much of a legend in this sport as anyone.
2: Yeah, it's it's just so funny when you think of the different phases and the different ways and the different styles that all came through. I, I think of him as a coach and I never would have dreamed that this guy who was kind of rumpled with long hair and polyester pants and his credential flying all over the place they talk about that in the documentary I never would have dreamed that he would be what he was as a broadcaster and then when he became this great broadcaster I mean the idea of him ever linking his name to a video game that would have been foreign like it seems like the last thing he would have been interested in and everything he's done has been wildly successful and uh it's one of the great american lives of all time I, I In comparison to anyone else politicians presidents captains of industry john madden lived one of the truly great american lives that have ever been lived and and he will be a constant presence for football fans for years decades centuries maybe to come let's go ahead and take a break when we return we focus on the news of the day in the national football league as week 17 is looming we'll do that next here on pftpm Jimmy Garoppolo thumb injury suffered last Thursday night against the Tennessee Titans. On this sack right there, came up holding his thumb. Finished the game, and 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 performed no differently in any obvious way. Yeah, he had an interception later, but he had an interception before he he suffered the injury. He he looked he looked normal. There wasn't any discussion yeah. that he had some sort of ailment like when Tyson uh, Taysom Hill had his finger busted and it was splinted and it was clear he was struggling there was no conversation no discussion no anything about Jimmy Garoppolo but uh there's optimism he's going to be able to play this weekend however he walked off the field before practice started um so uh who knows he he says he has a chance to play on Sunday he won't need surgery on the thumb Trey Lance is the backup and I always say in situations like this, if there's any type of uncertainty as to who your quarterback's going to be, yeah, you'd prefer to have your quarterback 100% healthy, and there's no question at all. But if there is uncertainty, milk it for all it's worth. Two dramatically different styles between Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Let the Texans worry about it. Not the te- I mean, it's the Texans. But then again, the Texans well, have looked pretty I... good lately. The Texans are kind of a dangerous late season, the, the gang that couldn't tank straight franchise <laughs> that is stupidly winning football games.
3: Well, I mean, you know, you let Rex Burkhead run for 149 yards, then <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, maybe the 49ers are going to pull a Chargers and let them come in. And re- I can't, I still, like, I cannot believe, I could not believe in watching that game, covering that game for the site and they let Rex Burkhead run for 149. Rex Burkhead, I don't care who you have out there. You're supposed to be a playoff team, and you let Rex Burkhead run for 149 yards? Are you kidding me, Chargers? I know that's not really what we're talking about, but I'm sorry. I just I had to get that off my chest. My God.
2: It's funny, though. That game was one of eight that was being played in the 1 o'clock Eastern window, and I kept seeing someone from the Texans running the ball, and I'm thinking – who is that? Like I like what what is going on here? Um, and, and and yeah, so the Texans, they can bite you. So the 49ers have to be ready to go, whether it's Garoppolo, whether it's Lynch. And obviously they they have every incentive to keep winning. The Saints losing the other night was a bonus for the 49ers. And if they get to the playoffs, whether it's Garoppolo or Lance, they can be pretty dangerous. The 49ers, one of the teams trying to get a seat in the postseason tournament and the nfc side of the ledger afc side the ravens trying to hold it all together they keep losing games it was ugly on sunday in cincinnati lamar jackson didn't play he returned to practice today which is very good news he's got that sprained ankle that he suffered against the cleveland browns he's missed two games with the ankle he was technically limited but he did practice there's some footage of the Ravens practicing on sawdust today. This is just bizarre. And apparently it's Bermuda grass that dies in the winter. And we had grass like this in my backyard. It was called zoysia grass, though. And the, and the grass went, went brown like that in the winter. And it's not like he's moving all that well on that ankle. And, and it seems like the kind of ankle injury that... And this is my very low-tech and unqualified assessment... A sprained ankle either goes away really quickly or it stays with you for a while. And this has stayed with Lamar Jackson for a while. And I have a feeling it's going to take a lot of treatment and a lot of hope. And maybe he's not going to be the guy that he usually is. But their backs are against the wall. They got to win if they want to have a a chance to make it to the playoffs. And, And this may be a situation where a diminished Lamar Jackson gives them the best chance to win a football game on Sunday.
3: Well, it might, but Mike, I mean, if he's moving like he's moving in that clip, do you really want him going against Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and Von Miller in that Rams front? I mean, I I don't know how much I would want that. Is Tyler Huntley at 100% or whatever percent he's going to be coming back off the COVID list? not as good as Lamar Jackson. I mean, you gotta remember Huntley went out there and he threw for two touchdowns and he ran for two touchdowns against the Green Bay Packers the last time we saw him. And I thought he played pretty admirably in that game filling in for Lamar Jackson. And really the last time we've seen Lamar Jackson play, he's not been getting it done. He's not been playing well. So, I mean, obviously, if Lamar Jackson is at his peak, yes, you want him out there and you want him because that's the guy that was an MVP for you. That's the guy that you believe can really lead you to the postseason. And you need him against a pretty strong Rams team. But on the other hand, you know, if you can force Matthew Stafford into some turnovers and he's been turning the ball over, do you really wanna put that guy out there against a team where maybe you play a little ball control, you have Tyler Huntley and you know, he can get it done for you? I don't know. That's something that Harbaugh's got away.
2: Huge game, critical game for the Ravens. And you're right. Now Huntley, I don't think, is back from the COVID nineteen reserve list yet. I could be wrong, although he is got he's gotta be getting close to the point where he's eligible with the new Yes. Uh, the new tweaks to the CDC guidelines, which were quickly adopted by the NFL because it allows guys to get back sooner. But either way, it feels like this is it for the Ravens. And, and maybe enough other teams lose that they could beat the Steelers in Week 18 and and sneak in. But they, they, they've lost, what, four in a row now? They just need to get a win. There's a certain point where it just doesn't matter anymore. If you just can't win football games, there's no point even aspiring to get to the postseason. The... Indianapolis Colts, a team that started 0-3 and is 9-3 and since then. They are trying to finish their climb to the postseason. They play the Raiders in Las Vegas on Sunday. Here's Frank Reich, the coach of the team, earlier today talking about quarterback Carson Wentz, who went on COVID reserve on Tuesday, but under the new guidelines, could be back in time to play on Sunday.
1: Carson is on the reserve COVID list. If he clears according to the protocol, his fifth day would be sunday and in theory would be available for the game if he clears in the meantime he'll be in meetings virtual um, you know preparing so that if he does clear that he could play
2: now he's unvaccinated but whether you're vaccinated or not you get the five-day minimum absence and after five days if you're asymptomatic no fever no, no obvious. Symptoms. They're going to check guys out. There's been this cynical view, and I always appreciate a good cynical view, a cynical view that guys are just going to say after five days, I'm fine. Let me play. And the doctors are going to say, OK, he says he's fine. We take his word for it. I mean, they're going to check these guys out. It's going to be a lot easier to hide symptoms if you haven't tested positive than if you've tested positive, been gone for five days and you're trying to get back in. It's not going to be an easy thing to pull off especially for guys who are unvaccinated. They're going to make sure he is fine before he's able to play. And technically what has to happen is they have to activate him from the COVID reserve list by 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. And then he has to receive the final medical clearance on Sunday morning. And he'll have to travel on his own like Baker Mayfield did last weekend to Green Bay. Carson Wentz will have to go to Las Vegas on his own. And they'll have to hope that he gets the clearance the next day. And if he can, it'll be Sam Ellinger, the rookie from Texas, who, who was the guy that that you know, emerged as the potential replacement for Carson Wentz when there were question marks about his availability before the season even began?
3: Yeah, and that's going to be the interesting thing. I mean, usually when you get that indication on the Saturday that the player's been activated off that COVID list, you, you kind of feel like, oh, okay, well, that definitely means that they're going to be able to play. In this case, I mean, I feel like we can assume that the Colts are going to do that unless it's just very clear and obvious that Carson Wentz has a lot of symptoms, and he's there's absolutely no way that all of those symptoms are going to be able to clear up by Sunday, by the time that the, those two teams are supposed to kick off. So I think it's going to be really interesting just to see. If Carson Wentz actually is going to be able to clear through the protocol, you know, not only is he going to be easy he, if he's going to be activated on Saturday, but then we'll have to wait Sunday morning to hear, yeah, then he actually has been cleared. And yes, he actually is going to be able to play. And if you're Sam Ellinger, you know, you've got to take advantage of every single rep that you can get this week and just have it in your mind. That, yeah, I'm going to be playing. I'm going to be starting. I'm going to be going up against that pretty strong Raiders defensive front. And you just got to be ready for it because you don't know what's going to happen until really Sunday morning with Wentz.
2: Also for the Colts, Quentin Nelson, who missed Saturday night's win over the Cardinals on the COVID reserve list. He has been activated for the Raiders, tight end Darren Waller, who has been injured for several weeks now with a knee problem. He's been added to the COVID reserve list. And this is just a churn that is going to continue and continue and continue through the end of the regular season and likely into the playoffs. Although there is kind of a loose hope that not not that the NFL has said this, but there's a belief in league circles that they're hoping it washes through all of the teams now, and it's not an issue when the middle of January rolls around. I mean, you consider the number of positive cases that are tied to guys with symptoms. There's a lot of other guys that surely have it who are asymptomatic, and maybe they are going to have herd immunity by the time the postseason rolls around. Let's go ahead and take a break to the extent that aaron Rodgers has decided as one of his new year's resolutions to give up seeking attention he's doing everything he can to seek attention before the clock strikes 12 on january 1 we'll discuss that when pftpm continues right after this they squared off in super bowl 11 The Vikings and the Raiders, Bud Grant, Hall of Fame head coach in Minnesota, issuing a statement, 94 years old and still extremely sharp and very active. And what struck me was the, the first line, coaches come in a variety of forms. They were no different than Bud Grant and John Madden in the 70s. Bud Grant was so quiet and dark and mysterious and stoic, and there was no up, there was no down, there was no high, there was no low. And there were others like him. Tom Landry was like that. Chuck Noll, for the most part, unless you really pissed him off, was like that. John Madden was, John Madden was basically an overactive sheepdog, just running around all over the place. Right? Jump on top of you. I mean, and it was so wild to see how different. And this was back in the days when they could wear whatever they wanted to the games. There wasn't the contract that required them all to be mannequins for whatever the latest. Product was that they wanted people to buy, even if they don't sell it even on the website like that hoodie <laughs> then you were trying to
1: get from the ground. You got him yeah. the I whole. I-
2: <laughs> the whole idea is, if you're going to use the coaches the mannequin for the new product, you put the product on the website. But there he is being carried off, uh, not very far, carried off the field in Pasadena after Super Bowl Eleven. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it right. just,
3: was that you know, I wasn't were, were even you- all. Were you i wasn't even all that upset in the on the refrigerator no. again in no, that one no, like no. you were you know after drew pierston got you guys because in that no. and that little ice cream stain is that what it was first of all it was
2: banana cream pie get your facts straight ah. and second of all this is I why i'd dessert. rather suck look a blowout is always better oh screw you casey oh, for playing this clip oh, willie yeah, brown is. with the helmet the helmet bobbing on his head is just what does it. that that Every time I see that helmet bob up and down, it brings back bad memories. But it didn't bother me because the game was over. It was 32-14. to 14. It was a blowout. It's so much worse to suffer through getting your heart ripped out at the end of a game. So that one didn't bother me. It didn't yeah. bother me because, I you know, it, before I discovered the purple helmet when I was like five years old, I think I was a Raiders fan because I had a little plastic helmet with a pencil sharpener in it that was Raiders. And uh, based on the performance of the team for the last 20 years, I'm kind of glad that didn't stick. But but I would have had three Super Bowls to celebrate, which would have been nice. But I wasn't all that upset that the Raiders beat them because I like that Raiders attitude. I like the mindset. and I always like John Madden. So it wasn't as bad as if it would have been the Steelers again or the Dolphins again or the Chiefs again or something like that.
3: Well, at least you weren't crying in the banana cream pie, you know, although the, the image of little Mike crying in the banana cream pie stain on the, on the carpet, that that was a pretty good one. That's funny. I know yeah, a lot of people it, would love to know that
2: <laughs> it, it actually happened and I wish it didn't uh, today's Vikings up against it as they try to get to the playoffs, they've got to win at green Bay and then at home against the bears and they need to get some help. It's too complicated to even entertain the thought of what needs to happen. Whatever needs to happen isn't going to happen. They're not going to make the playoffs. Not having Adam Thielen for the rest of the season due to ankle surgery is going to complicate that effort. Although K.J. Osborne has done well in place of Adam Thielen as the number two receiver across from Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook activated from the COVID reserve list. Good news for the Packers. J.R. Alexander back from IR after an extended absence. And it was his shoulder injury coupled with Kevin King's injury injury that opened the door for Rasul Douglas, who has become one of the great players on their defense, as acknowledged by Aaron Rodgers recently. And here's Aaron Rodgers from earlier today as the 2021 season approaches a conclusion. And one of the big questions will be, what will he do in 2022? He got a head start on getting people talking about Aaron Rodgers in 2022. Here he is regarding his immediate future.
1: Uh, I wouldn't rule that out. Um you know, I think that I'm just enjoying this season for this season. And I think there's, uh, playing next year is will definitely be in the thought process. It won't be something where I'll drag it out for months and months, you know, have conversations uh, with my loved ones after the season with, with Brian and Mark and Russ and coaching staff and, and, uh, and then make a decision at some point, uh, you know, I'm not going to hold the team back from anything. And 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 once I commit and if it's committing, uh, you know, to move forward here, that'll be, a, it'll be a quick decision.
2: He's not going to drag it out like he did last year. I mean, he's kind of, self-owning himself with that. You know, it's not going to be like last year when I held the Packers hostage for months and I made myself the center of attention for months and I built this mystery that I refuse to address because I kind of like it when everybody talks about me. He's not going to do that again. So everybody's going to be talking about him in February. It's going to be the fitting bookend to Brett Favre because that's what they did in 2008. And I know that some close to the action would dispute this, but I firmly believe They went to Favre in February of 2008 and told him, we need to know right now what you're going to do this year because they knew if they said, we need to know right now, his answer would be, I'm going to retire. So then they could get Aaron Rodgers onto the field who had sat for three years. They didn't want him to sit for a fourth year. They wanted Brett to move on. And uh, he's going to try to bring it to a head sooner rather than later because if he wants to move on, Miles, he's going to want to be traded in March, not in april or may or in june or july he's going to want it to happen in march he's going to want to have a new team wherever it is that he wants to go and there's there's a handful of teams out there that make sense the broncos continue to make a ton of sense and they've won seven games this year their defense is getting better their team is getting better they seem to be i would say if i was setting the odds they would be the favorites for aaron Rodgers for next year Um, but, but the good news is it's not going to be something that consumes months and months. And I think he, I think, I think that, that he's going to want out because he wanted out last year. What would have changed in the course of one year to make him not want out? Why would he, if he's already crossed that bridge mentally that he wants to go somewhere else, how do you uncross that bridge? I think he is going to want out. Uh, even if they get to the Super Bowl and win it and they win the Super Bowl, then, you know, he can't feel bad about leaving. Hey, I want to go get a fresh start somewhere else. What are they going to say? You're you're ungrateful. You're this. You're that. He just delivered a Super Bowl. So that would be the perfect time to walk away. If I had to bet, I'd say he's going to walk away. And the top of the list for me is the Denver Broncos.
3: Well, not not to like cross sports too much, but it kind of reminds me, you know, of Albert Pujols. Right. He wins the, the World Series with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, guys, peace out. Like, I'm going to go sign with uh, the LA angels and become an irrelevant baseball player for basically the rest of my career. I mean, I don't think that that's, what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, but I think it's sort of the same thing where it's like, you know, who can really blame him if he then wins another super bowl with the green Bay Packers, which Hell, it it looks like they're going to be in position to do, at least at this point, right? They are in position to have the number one seed in the NFC, and I think that their defense is better than it's been. That offense is clicking. He and Matt LaFleur are really on the same page. He and Devontae Adams have been as good as ever. They are on track to at least make it to the Super Bowl. So if they win that and he wins another trophy for Green Bay, at that point, it's kind of like, all right, you know, I can go on with the rest of my career and go somewhere like Denver, go somewhere like Pittsburgh, where he was making googly eyes at Mike Tomlin earlier this season. And then we'll see how he does the rest of his career. But the fact that he's kind of like, I'm not ruling out retirement. I mean, it's also interesting And, and I'll not that I'm an Aaron Rodgers defender, but I will say that I, you know, going back and watching the press conference myself, he was at least asked about that. All right, So it's not like he was just like making it up or bringing it up like he does with the COVID nonsense on Pat McAfee. It was a question sort of clarifying things that he had said on McAfee. And so, you know, that, that's where it came from.
2: Right. But all he had to say was, frankly, that's a topic for after the season ends. For now, my only True, focus yes. is is on the season. But that, that's, you know, he, hey, they asked. He answered. Yeah, you know, right, so yeah. be it. I could see him. I'm trying to figure out the flow chart. I could see him making his push to get out, and if they say yes, then boom, trade. Figure out the right team. Broncos, again, the favorite. If they say no, that's when he retires. I think it's that simple. I'll retire. I'm not playing here next year. So you can either trade me and get something for me, or I'm just going to retire and walk away. So if he makes that decision early, shades of Favre, make the decision early to retire – and then give them the opportunity, if he does retire, they can maybe decide, well, we're going to trade him, or whatever. And then he could always make a power play in July, just like Favre did, and say, you know, I'll show up and play. Then what are they going to do? That's when they'd have to trade him. So I think he's going to say, I want out. If they say yes, he's gone. If they say no, he retires with a TBD on the back end where he could maybe show up just like Favre did. That would be the perfect ending. If it ends just like it did for Favre in Green Bay, that would be let's go ahead and take a break we got some questions in the mailbag for today we'll get to those when this Wednesday edition of PFTPM continues right after this
0: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
2: My son Brooks, he he plays Madden every day. You know, it's it's when I come home and I see him on on Friday or Saturday, um, he's usually in the basement. Hey, what have you been doing, buddy? I've been playing Madden. You know, and so, um, you know, you look at me back in 92 and you look at Brooks here in 2021. Uh, you know it's 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 my childhood on repeat just with much better
1: graphics I haven't played in quite a while I know when my kids were growing up they would play it and I'd watch them and they'd beat me but yeah
2: oh I would pay good money for the home movies of Bill Belichick playing Madden that would be uh, awesome yeah. and seeing him getting his ass kicked in Madden and throwing <laughs> the controller rage quit <laughs> throw the controller i don't know how many controllers we busted when my son was young but he had a penchant for the rage quit and the slamming the controller to the ground
3: that's hilarious i mean they even got I may Bill have Belichick too. to smile there oh i would not doubt that yeah he probably beat you but I, mean, I can see bill belichick just being like this is not how the game is played and like rage quitting like that you know or it's just like oh, look it's at this. This, awesome.
2: oh, this this is awesome this is Ninety Two. And the, the ambulance would come onto the field. This was not a glitch. This happened all the time. Anytime there was an injury, the ambulance came out, and it took out anyone that happened to be in the path of the ambulance. That was Madden 92. That was a that, – that, that, oh, that, there dude. it is again in the snow. Uh, but, you know, even then, it was fun. And it was so – in comparison to today's game, obviously, it's it's not even night and day. It's, it's as stark of a contrast yeah. as it can be but uh it was fun those were fun days playing madden back when it was the best that you had and you had fun playing it and uh i may have to play it again tonight do you have a ps5 or an xbox
3: i have a ps5 yeah oh yeah, i'm a ps5 oh, interesting. guy do
2: you have the latest do you have the latest madden
3: i actually don't <laughs> Because oh, I don't okay. play it because I'm so terrible at it. Right. You know what I play, right. Mike? I play. I still play NCAA 14 on my Xbox 360. That's my game. But I say I, I play video games to relax. That's how I relax. I got, I got a good thing Aaron- going at Stanford right now.
2: Aaron Ball has an important question. Should John Madden be on next year's John Madden cover? You know, he hasn't been on it in years, and I respect the fact that it got to the point where it was no longer about him and they started incorporating the athletes onto the cover. I think it was 2001 or thereabouts when that started. Um, I think absolutely he should be on the cover of this year's game. I, I You know, I, I, I he wouldn't really want it, but, you know, there's a point where you just have to say, hey, John, sorry, for this year, for the next one, Th- this is the one where you have to be on it.
3: I, I think that I totally agree. And I also saw an idea floating around on Twitter today that they should like get all of his voiceovers that he had, remaster them, and put John Madden's voice back in the game. I think that would be awesome.
2: Oh, and 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 I, I remember all of them. Uh, he'll fill that one in the morning, you know. And it was it was like Woody from Toy Story. There weren't that many that were in there, but right. you, you kind of waited when you were playing to see if after a given play it would be sufficiently impressive to the computer to prompt a john madden quote whatever it was and uh yeah it was it was a lot of fun even back then when it wasn't nearly as good as today it was a ton of fun here's a question from tuttle on radio we addressed this earlier should the nfl change all pro to all madden i like that miles i i uh i hadn't really focused on that until you mentioned it earlier again it's just a beginning it's just one step it's not nearly good enough but i like the idea of calling the all pro team the all madden team
3: yeah, I really do, too. I, I think that that's something that it's more or less a fitting tribute in to, to, a, to a point, right? I, I think that there should be more done, but I also feel like, you know, when we're talking about all pros, all right, what does that really mean? Well, you give it that name like All Madden. I think that gives it just a little bit more meaning, and you know I think that that would certainly be fitting. That would certainly be fitting.
2: The, uh, the All Madden team, now the problem is if you're going to call it the All Madden team, you want it to reflect the true All-Madden team. That it was his right. way. You know, the guys he respected—not necessarily the guys with the biggest stats, or the guys who created the most memorable highlights—but the grinded-out guys who showed up every week, who got it done. You know, it was maybe some folks who flew under the radar. So you'd need to really take a step back and reevaluate the selection process. Uh, And you need to be sure that the people who have the voice are people who have similar sensibilities to what John Madden had. I think that's that's an important part of this. You can't just change the name of it. And, you know, we're going to call the AP All-Pro team the All-Madden team. I think to do it right, you need to be sure that the people who are determining the team are the people who would determine the team that John Madden would pick.
3: Yeah, and I think that that makes it a little bit more difficult, right? Because you can't just say the quarterback who has the best stats or, you know, the it, it's almost like the Pro Bowl, right? We look at the Pro Bowl now. I, I just feel like the Pro Bowl has lost a lot of meaning because you get guys that are alternates for the game, like a Jalen Hurts, and I don't really mean to denigrate Jalen Hurts, but, like, are we really thinking that Jalen Hurts is one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year? I don't really think so. So it's got to be something where – You're not just saying that, okay, this is a guy that did something good. It's got to be, well, he is one of the best and for this particular reason. And it's not just because of the stats. It's because of how he plays the game. So I think that does kind of make it a little bit more difficult to just say, all right, let's call all pro all Madden, but you know, there's something we can do. I feel like there's something there at least, you know, you have perfected the craft
2: I don't mean to denigrate Jalen Hurts. Now allow me to denigrate Jalen Hurts. That was well done. That was well done. Um, but I get your I get your point. I get I get your point. I'm just having fun. I'm just having fun. We're just having fun here. That's the, the, okay. that's the word of the day is fun. John Madden made things fun. I have my own ideas of what fun is, by the way. But still, I'm having fun. If you're not, that sometimes makes it even more fun. On tour forever. Why do you think it took so long to get John Madden in the Hall of Fame? Was it the one Super Bowl, perhaps the career length, only 10 seasons as a head coach? I, look, I, I firmly believe that. Um, and we've seen this with others who got into the Hall of Fame. Dick LeBeau, for example, got in as a player boosted by his achievements as specifically the assistant coach in Pittsburgh who ran the Blitzburg defense for all those years. I think John Madden's Hall of Fame case was boosted by everything else he brought to the table. And if he had simply retired from coaching and never had gotten into broadcasting, and he initially, I don't want to spoil the documentary, he had no interest in being involved in broadcasting. He didn't like the way NFL games were broadcast. He didn't like the approach. And ultimately, he decided to do it, and he was going to do it his way. But if he had never gotten into broadcasting and had just been a guy who coached for 10 years and won a Super Bowl along the way, I think he would have had the same difficulty that Tom Flores did, where you just become kind of forgotten. You didn't do it long enough. There are too many other worthy candidates. Now, with the new procedures they have where a coach is guaranteed to get in pretty much every year or at least every other year, he would have gotten there eventually. But I think the reason it took so long is because only as a coach— it wasn't enough to get in. But with everything else, it was more than enough to get in. It was enough to have the whole place named after him, as we've suggested earlier in the program.
3: No, but at the same time, and frankly, I wasn't, you know, old enough to figure this out because the Madden's career as a coach was long before I was ever born, right? So whatever it is. But I I still think just knowing what we know now, and that a coach who has coached for at least a hundred games, you know, he won what, 73% of his games? That's insanity. That's ridiculous. This man really never had a bad season as a head coach. All right. So I, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to me, even though he only coached for 10 years, that it took so long for him to get in. But I mean, I understand what it is that you're saying and where you're coming from. And frankly, you lived it a lot better than I did.
2: And he competed with the likes of Don Shula and Chuck Knoll and Tom Landry. Yeah. And he finally did get that one Super Bowl. And it felt like it was long overdue. And it felt like it wasn't enough for as good as those teams were. So I, I just think the bottom line is that, that um, the the coaching career standing alone was viewed as insufficient. But it got to a point where he was doing so many other things for the game, it overwhelmed the process, and he deserved to be in. And as we said, he deserves to have the whole place and after. Miles, happy new year to you. We'll see everybody tomorrow morning for PFT Live, and then the Joint Mega Picks podcast later in the day. Have a great Wednesday night.
0: Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.